You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, this is a breakthrough episode of the Just Baseball Show because we finally have a round table. Like before it was me, Jack McMullen, you, Peter Apple, and Arm Layton, and it was like a triangle table or like maybe a square and one side's missing, but now we've got a full-blown round table. It's awesome. There are four people. So it's myself, Jack McMullen, here on Friday, July 9th. It's you, Peter Apple, and then we've got two titles that we're trying to work on. Like right before I hit record, we were deciding if Colby Olson is the head of analytics or the director of analytics at JustBaseball.com. Colby, make your decision right now. I think it's got to be director of baseball analytics. Yeah, I agree. Sounds so much. It just cooler. sounds great. It just Move sounds great. Director. But I'm just happy to be here, man. 40th episode. 40th wow. episode. Time flies. It's crazy. Holy we're on 40 smoke. episodes, Jack. And it's really. funny, I went through the podcast because I had to kind of rename all of them because we had we had some dates in the titles. We had some just overall big ass titles. So I was like, you know what, let's do let's number them, let's number yep. them very nicely. And this is our 40th episode. Wow. And I thought we were at like 24. Episode 40. Should we see how many minutes we can get into the podcast without the fourth guy speaking? That would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Javier Reyes is the host of Locked On Padres. Uh, he is also the chief meme op- officer at Just Baseball <laughs> and uh, a staff writer at JustBaseball.com. Javi, you you have a chance to workshop your title, but also, like, do I need to fully invest myself in the Vin Diesel family memes right now? I see those circulating. It's so funny because as a Fast and Furious aficionado, like, <laughs> it's actually funny that it took to the ninth movie before these memes came out. I actually thought they would have happened after, like, the seventh one, to be honest with you, because that's when the family thing started becoming over and over the top. But here we go, I guess. I don't know. I'm And don't worry. Obviously, I'm currently workshopping how I figure out a family meme for just baseball. Don't worry. It's in am, my I head the, am I the only person in the world who has never seen a Fast and Furious movie? No, you're not the only person. Jack's raising his hand. I, actually, I just, I'm not interested in that. I feel like it's Dude. the same thing. It's just cars. Yes. Wow. No, but it's so it's so much more, man. <laughs> is it so it is it cars? It's also family. <laughs> and just loud. Like, am I missing? What am I missing? All right. Watch the first one and then just watch the fifth one. You can backtrack okay, well, if you what? want. Five gives so, you. So you're telling some me nothing happens on two, three, and four. There it's not that plot. nothing happens. It's that there's a chance you get turned off because it's it, you have to earn your way there. You know what I mean? You have to. That's you what have I'm to saying. Go you don't have grind. to watch one, two, three, and four to even earn my way to five. Or is it? Like, I guess. Is there a I'm just plot saying. In the middle? I want to make sure you're part of it, Peter. That's the thing okay, is that right, I know what right. happens is if you get to five, five is so- when the rock comes in. I've been that's, so that's off basically on, my pitch. So I've been uh, so off on movies and TV shows lately. I'm watching so much <laughs> baseball. It was like I guess the new series of season of Power is on. We were talking about that last night. I'm sitting at the Power. table. Everyone's talking about. It. I was like, I have no idea what that even is. And a bunch <laughs> of new TV shows are coming out, movies, and I'm like, I'm just out. I have no idea. I think the last movie I watched was like Harry Potter number seven. I don't even think I made it all the way through. Is there hey, even geez, seven bro. Harry Potter movies? Eight. Hey, we're recording yeah, there's on- eight technically. We're recording on a Thursday the 8th. Uh, <laughs> I Think You Should Leave Season 2 came out on Tuesday the 6th, mm. and I haven't watched it yet, but I am so excited for I Think You Should Leave Season 2. Tim no Robinson is. is a comedic genius. It's unbelievable. It's on Netflix. Go watch Season 1 and then join me for the watch of Season 2. That's all. Oh, wait. I have something to say about Tim Robbins before we talk about baseball, because this is the Just Baseball show. 
I don't get his comedy. I don't get it. It's cringe to me. It's oh, like, I it. and I love the office, like that version of comedy. Cause it is like a little bit cringe, but like, he's just like, he's too much. It's too much for me. I'm not <laughs> laughing. I'm just sitting there like, like, okay, okay. Like stop. Okay. I get it. It really is one of those shows that you either hate it or you love it. There's no in between. You can't just sit there and, and not feel some strong emotion. Dude, it's fine. amazing. You're obviously Whatever. not a part of the turbo team, but that's that. <laughs> the turbo uh, team. So here's what we're doing. We're going to kind of roll through as we near the all-star break. Also, holy shit, that home run derby field. Oh my God. Um, they aced the home run derby field, but we're nearing the all-star break home run derby on Monday, all-star game on Tuesday, the 13th. So we are releasing on Friday, the 9th. We're going to kind of walk you through our surprises. Each of us will give a team. Each of us will give a player our disappointments. Each of us will give a team. Each of us will give a player. And then everybody has tried to dive into Shohei Otani in a unique way. I think Colby did it in an exceptionally unique way. And Absolutely. I think we're all loving watching a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. Like, nobody in sports can do this, and he's doing it, and he's amazing at it. So we are going to spend the back half of this episode talking about Shohei, but excited for this episode. I have a question for the field before we, before we get into everything. I was having this debate earlier. What is more impressive? And I know Shohei hasn't done it for enough time to really be considered in this conversation, but is what Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders were doing, playing multiple sports, more impressive than what Shohei is doing, playing both sides of the field? Because I compared it Mm. to like if Tom Brady led the league in touchdowns and then went to go play cornerback and led the league in interceptions. So I'm curious what you guys think, because in my opinion... I still side with the Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson just because obviously Shohei has now done it for half a season. But if this is now what Shohei does for the foreseeable future, I think it's more impressive. What do you guys think? I, I think I agree. Baseball's harder at the end. Enough. I, right? I, I feel like that was a discourse. Am I crazy or wasn't that a discourse on Twitter? Like that's a long ago with some person, you know how like you get the quote tweet fest. So like the other day we had the thing about the, the free breadsticks and people yeah. were like, oh, you're, you're tacky. If you have these, that what? so then you have that, <laughs> right? Like you have always love the bird app for random discourses that are spawned by random accounts. Yeah. I think there was a thing about this where someone was like, what's the, what's the easiest sports play? It's gotta be baseball. Right. And most people just completely killed that person. I think it's yeah. baseball. I think that hitting is impossible and and you're from another planet if you could even hit a single to be perfectly honest with you yeah i think it's incredible what otani's doing i mean he's the best he's a top three hitter and then he gets on the mound every five days and goes anywhere from five to seven innings with eight strikeouts maybe gives up two runs but he's an above average pitcher at his floor and at his very best he could be as i dove into one of the best pitchers in the league as well so if you're the best player in the league on both sides of the ball, how are you not better than Bo Jackson? Because, I mean, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, they were good at baseball and amazing at football. I mean, Bo Jackson's probably one of the best running backs ever. So I, I think the the comparison with Bo Jackson to Otani is definitely a close argument, but I, I got to side with Otani right now. So I'll just put the finishing touches on this. I, I think your Brady comparison is spot on because mm-hmm. it's like if he played quarterback, which is a fine skill position, right? right? It is a very hand-eye coordinated position. And then you hop over to corner and you play something that is so reliant on athleticism versus Bo Mm -hmm. and primetime. Like what they did, both their skills were predicated on athleticism. So like they could hop into baseball and be a phenomenal outfielder. And then they could put the ball on the ground and beat out infield singles. And Bo was just so strong because he spent so long in a weight room and he's the closest thing to like an alien life form the human species has ever seen. So like exactly he had enough strength where he made contact and put it to the moon. So I'm, I'm still in the boat that you could move Aaron judge over to tie end and he'd be a top 10 tight end in yes. football. But does that mean like he is better skillfully than like what Shohei Otani is doing in most sports. So I thought it was a very interesting argument. And I think you could argue kind of both sides, but as the just baseball show, I think we're kind of siding with Otani, of course. I think we're siding with Otani and we are, uh, we're obsessed with the now, but Javi, I want to get, absolutely. Javi, I want to get us started with you on the positive end. We'll get into the negative and then we'll Mm. hop right back into the Shohei love fest. But 
let's start with team. Which team so far, and I don't know, I feel like it's kind of void if you say the Padres. Which team so far has been <laughs> your surprise of the year? Um, look, I, I, I'm going to save my Padres love. Don't get me wrong. And, and if I annoy your listeners, look, you guys made it 40 episodes before getting annoyed. So, uh, you know, like it's, 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 it's okay. Uh, so biggest surprise team for me, I'm actually going to say the Cincinnati Reds. So I want to say the Giants, but I imagine someone's already going to say that. I'll leave that to them. But I know a couple Giants fans, so that this might just be like a, a bubble I'm in. But I'm not surprised. I'm surprised they're like the best team in baseball, but I'm not surprised they're good. They're just a really well-run organization. And I like Mike Yastrzemski. I liked Kevin Gosman last year. And I just think they know what they're doing, kind of. But for me, it's the Reds. And the reason it's the Reds is because I don't remember it's it feels kind of rare that we get a team that's like the best in pitching and then the next year they're one of the best in offense and a terrible in pitching like it completely swaps imagine if in football the Bears just went from being the best defensive team and then the year after you know with hey maybe it could happen with Justin Fields uh like they just go to being the best offensive team granted there was a little bit of change in personnel uh that's happened with the Bears in that situation the Reds it's like all right they get in Jonathan India but it's kind of the same team. So to me, it's a little surprising. I think they're 45 and 41 right now. It's crazy. I literally just looked at this, but uh, that's a little bit surprising for me. All the other teams in the league, there's plenty of surprises, plenty of surprising players that we're going to get into. But for me, it's the Reds. And honestly, I'm going to admit, I kind of love the Reds. It's such a weird team. Uh, I really like Jonathan India. I think that guy's a gamer. I know you guys were talking about him as a, a low cost, like wager for rookie of the year this year. He just scares me. I think that guy's always going to get a hit. And the memes about Castellanos hitting only when great <laughs> tragedies happen are amazing. On top of that, you had the, the flex at the beginning of the year that he stupidly got suspended for by Major League Baseball. And I just think the team is weird. I'm a big fan of them. Shout out to the Reds. Colby, what you got? Uh, well, first, I love the Reds. Um, what Kyle Body and Eric Yeagers. I mean, they're, they've turned into like driveline MLB team over there so I love what they're doing over there but my team I'm a Red Sox fan it's got to be the Red Sox um coming into the year I was pretty negative on the Red Sox to be honest I mean I was I was talking to Aram preseason and I was saying you know I mean I could see this as a season if Chris Dale doesn't want to come back this year if he just wants to rest come back healthy 2022 we'll do some things in the offseason we'll let Heim Bloom develop the system do some things in the draft maybe you know just iron out the kinks like we've heard um We've heard people talk about, you know, it takes five years. And, and when um, when a new GM comes in, it takes five years to transition an offense, right? Or an, an, an entire team. And they have a two and a half game lead in first place right now. It's pretty amazing. Um, Chris Sale is coming back in what, three weeks, a month. Um, they look like a World Series team. The, the hitting's great. And Nick Pavetta's been almost an all-star this year. I think he has a, a 2-9 ERA. Um, it's got to be the Red Sox. Very surprising. Unfortunately, much to my chagrin. Shouts to just baseball fans. For those who don't know, I hate, hate, hate everything Boston. So uh, this doesn't make me happy, but I agree. I'm not a fan either. I understand. <laughs> sure you're not, Pete. I mean, yeah, I'm just Yankees not. are not doing well either. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll get into my disappointment very soon. But my surprise, and I think you got to go with the Red Sox or the Giants, and I think the Reds is actually a great answer. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to give the Red Sox that kind of credit, even though they completely deserve it. Yeah. And the Giants, I think, was too obvious of an answer, so I went with a different answer. I went with the Detroit Tigers, Ooh. and the Detroit Tigers are forty and forty-seven. They're third place in the AL Central, and I'd like to take this time to kind of apologize because I was so hard on them. I thought they'd win 40 games, maybe the whole season. And now they're just seven games below 500. I mean, the young pitching is good. Casey Mize is good. Your boy, Tarek Skubal is pretty good. And Matt Manning hasn't shown that he's that great yet. But I think we're all projecting that Matt Manning is actually going to be a decent guy. Akil Badu, another really good outfielder. Candelario has been decent. Miguel Cabrera isn't as old as I think people think. I think the Tigers are surprising a lot of people. Now, the Tigers are not a playoff team. But I think when I was evaluating them at the beginning of the year, I thought automatic seller, like in terms of seller, C-E-L-L-A-R. But they're actually not bad. And their farm system is really strong too. So they're only going to get better. I'm kind of excited to see what the Tigers do in the future. Um, I would sell some, maybe a couple of their guys, but they maybe like a Matt Boyd or something like that. 
But overall, the Tigers have just kind of impressed me. I, I think you got to get the return for any of the guys that you don't see in your future. And like Matt Boyd makes a lot of sense there. I yeah. think Michael Fulmer as a bullpen piece. If somebody exactly. wants him, ship Even him off. Gregory, yeah, Soto, Red Sox. Gregory Soto as well yeah. um, could get dealt. And he's actually been a pretty good reliever back there. But I mean, with these relievers, I feel like you can just churn them out nowadays. I mean, I was just watching Luizga on the Yankees just throw these crazy. I mean, he could be the closer. He could replace Chapman right now. So I'll get in the Yankees later. I'm not yeah, I, I think we know. Yeah, Pete, I, I think you could put Torkelson in the MLB right now and he would perform well. Um, he'd make them a positive, of a bigger positive of a team, you know? So I, I really like that you chose the Tigers because I think when Tork gets there, I think when Dylan yeah. Dingler gets there and those two feel like they're trending in the same direction, when Torkelson and Dingler get there, they are not joining the worst team in baseball, which is fascinating. Like we thought not. they were going to. True. Even Riley Green, too. Right. They have quite the farm system. Yeah. And, and I like all... their young pitching. And it's funny. I thought the Royals were going to be so much better than they are. And I was thinking, oh, the Royals young starters are going to be kind of that up and coming group in the in the AL Central. But it's the trio of Scooble, Manning, and Mize. Like I like those three better than any of those Royals starters outside of probably Brady Singer. Yeah, it's a really good trio of young arms and, you know, Green, Torkelson, Dingler, like they are not that far away. Like that looks like end of 2022, maybe middle of 2022. Um, You guys saved San Francisco for me for some reason. So like, I'm just going (laughs) to run with San Francisco. Like it it doesn't, I understand Javi where you're coming from, where you say that like, it kind of makes sense. And Farhan Zaidi is just so damn good at what he does. So good. Amazing at what he does. And I love Colby that you mentioned Chaim Bloom because I think if you had to put together a Mount Rushmore, I've I've solidified three of the four faces on the route on the Mount Rushmore of execs uh, right now, and that's Zaidi, Andrew Friedman, AJ Preller, and I I kind of want to put Bloom on there as the fourth because like they just know what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Just to like tie a bow on the on the Giants thing, like it doesn't make any sense that Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey and Evan Longoria and Kevin Gosman are all playing well. Actually, it makes sense about Gosman because the Orioles just screw everybody up, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just really fun to see this big F you like, it doesn't matter. The giants are the best team in baseball right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really something to wonder whether the 2020 season was the biggest thing for them. You're getting only playing 60 games. You have all these aging players and they came back rested, healthy, Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, Evan Longoria before he went down was having one of the best seasons of his career. He was hitting the ball hard, you know, 55% of the time average exit Vila was like 94. It was unbelievable to see him. He was one of my favorite players when I was, you know, 11, 12, seeing him in, in, in Tampa. And it's just amazing to see him still perform at that level at 34 years old. Yeah. And we always use run differential kind of to evaluate these guys. And it's funny, if you told me at mid season would the giants or the Padres have a better run differential giants are at plus one Oh six and the Padres are at 79. That's crazy. Like almost 30 runs better than in my opinion, the second best team in baseball. Javi, what are your thoughts? It's just like, so you know how, when you just look retroactively back at the season, you know, this especially happens when you're a big fantasy baseball guy or whatever, or whatever sport. And you just know, all right, here were the 30 big, like undervalued people heading into the season that ended up being breakouts or whatever. It's like the giants have 19 of the 30. You know what I mean? Like they have every single guy from even guys like Darren Ruff. Like, who is that? You ever heard of that guy before? He's good. Went to the KBO, came (laughs) back. It's like, who? Donovan. So even like Alex Dickerson, who's not playing that well so far, like it's like not a bad player. He's hitting better than some of the guys on your team, Pete. Like absolutely. He's probably a third (laughs) right now. (laughs) He's probably a third. So like, that's the the thing about the Giants. They just seem to have gotten all those undervalued guys. It's kind of like Moneyball to an extent, which is a great movie, even if it is a little bit kind of you know, historically inaccurate for us baseball fans sometimes, but this is like the real version of that. I don't know how they're doing this. And it's funny because I did write about Kevin Gosman because I think he's one of my favorite kind of stories that's happened in baseball the last couple of years. Quick gripe about Moneyball before we get into surprise players. They never talked about like Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson and all those great pitchers. They just forgot about that. The and then MVP talked about the backup catcher. <laughs> like they I, had a really good team. Go, yeah. What was his name? Scott. Scott Haggerty, Hatterberg, Hatterberg, Hatterberg. I don't mind. Like that I one. wanted to hear about Mark yeah. Mulder. 
I want to hear about this. Hedberg has the home run though. Yeah, 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 they had the, he won the MVP that year. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, back to the Giants just for a quick second. I do want to say, I mean, imagine if the Giants were they were in the bidding for Harper two years ago. Imagine if oh, they yeah, had Harper yeah. right now. Yeah. That would totally yeah, ease the pain of Hunter Pence not being on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hunter Pence. I love Hunter Pence. Um, all right, Colby, let's start with you on surprise player. There are a ton. I know that we've floated <laughs> Kevin Gosman's name. Like well, he's kind of the easy answer right now. Yeah. But Colby, let's start with you. No, I, I think Gosman's obviously the easy answer. He completely changed his repertoire. He was throwing, I don't know, 25% splitters. He found I found out, okay, that's my best pitch. I'm going to throw it 40% of the time now. And now he has a 170 RA. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but the guy that's being overlooked on the Giants is Anthony Descalfani. I mean, what he's done is amazing as well. He was came up with the Marlins, traded to the Reds, and now he's with the Giants. And he's throwing his slider as his primary pitch, which is awesome because his four seam was getting crushed last year. And he goes, okay, well, if my four seems getting crushed, why don't I just throw my slider 35% of the time and I get outs with it, I get whiffs with it, and now I'm a, an above average starter and I'm, you know, I think he's in the two twos of ERA. It's, it's amazing to see what he's done. I mean, they have, what I see, four pitchers out of the five. Outside of Johnny Cueto, every pitcher is on a one-year deal this year. So I don't know how they're going to keep this team alive after this year. I think that's the biggest thing for the Giants is how do we pay everyone slash – like, yeah, what do we do with our capital after this year? It's going to be tough. Javi, what you think? Ooh, for, so, well, I agree with Kobe. I feel like we talked enough of the Giants for my liking. I mean, look, like, I, I got love for them. <laughs> I don't hate them as much as the Dodgers. I do have a lot of love for them. Jack, yeah. I'm glad you share your uh, a love of Hunter Pence. But yeah. for me, most surprising player, I mean, I have like nine guys written down. And I could go all over the place, man. You could say Andrew Benintendi over in Kansas City. But that doesn't surprise me too much because, I don't know, I don't like giving up on guys after like a year. Um, sue me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Taiwan Walker, you could say of the Mets. Yeah. Um, to this year's who the hell is that going to Cedric Mullins? I've never heard of this guy before in my life. Apparently, he's he the MVP. Been unreal. But mine is actually going to go to Zach Wheeler of the Phillies. Um, I genuinely didn't buy last year. I feel like there was, and granted, this could be an East Coast thing where that, that's the thing that happens sometimes wherever you live. You, you hear all the discourse of whatever team you cover or where you live. And all the discourse for much of my life is about Zach Wheeler, aside from the fact that his uh, wife went, uh, lived where I lived. Um, aside from that, the... The whole thing with Zaku has always been like, he's always hurt. It always seems like he can do it. And then he just never does, right? And all of a sudden with the Phillies of all team, it's not like the Phillies are, you know, this exceptional team either. He's been like one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his strikeout stuff is incredible. He killed my Padres the last time they faced them. So for me, it's Wheeler just because I just wasn't buying the thing last year. I know that some people were, I just happened not to be. I think he was the one that just lost to the Cubs. Yeah, I believe he's top five in war as well. Yeah, it's just what come on, like, like, ugh, whatever, man. Congratulations, Zach Wheeler. The other one is the other surprising player is the guy at the Giants at shortstop who apparently is good now at batting. So there's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pete, what do you think? And so, I mean, Brandon Crawford was my guy immediately. Like, you just look at his baseball savant page and his spray chart is gorgeous. He hits the ball. He's got pull side bombs. He's got oppo bombs. He's got 17 of them. And he's still maybe the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Maybe not the best, but easy top five guy. But I'm going to go a little bit of a different route to pitching and to a team that probably is going to get no love ever because they don't really deserve it. But this guy does. Kyle Gibson, what the hell is happening over there in Texas? Like he's got a 2 2 9 ERA. Kyle Gibson. The same pitcher that in 2020 had a 5-3-5 and in 2019 had a 4-8-4 and he's out here just shoving. His advanced stats don't look the best. I know Colby's probably looking at me and seeing like, <laughs> hey, like his fifth is like near four. He's probably not going to keep this up. He but I think for this guys. first half, <laughs> like the dude is shoving. He He's consistent and he's pitching well against good teams as well. This doesn't seem fluky to me, but then I look at the advanced stats and I'm like, uh, but – in my gut, I'm like, I think he's just going to finish out the season really well. And I just really like Kyle Gibson this year. I've been betting on him a ton. I just, I really like Kyle Gibson. 
he does seem like one of those guys that you keep, you watch every start and you go, okay, this is going to be the start where the ERA balloons. This is going to be the start. And then, right. And he did just give up five together. And, and before you know, he has a two ERA. He had a one nine, eight ERA before his last start. And he just gave up five runs, but like he, I still like him. I think he's going to finish the year around a three, five. And that's a really good pitcher. And it's a guy who a bunch of teams are going to really use if they want to make the playoffs. I mean, that's an arm that you could throw in there and he'll automatically be a two or a three. You guys might hate this answer from me with, uh, with best surprise, but like, to be honest, the surprise of the year for me is Vladdy jr. I, there's no, there's no reason that he should be doing this right now. Like he's 22 years old. Who knew that he was going to be the best hitter on the planet at 22? Like at 26, 27, it makes a lot of sense, right? It, you take that like progressive movement forward to the top. But with Vladdy, it was like, okay, he showed uber power in 2020 and in you know 2019 in the back half. But then like, when's he going to hit 310 like we were promised? Oh, shit, here's 340. <laughs> and oh shit, here's 60 bombs and 130 RBIs at the end of the year. Like what this guy has done this year should never happen for a 22 year old, but it's happening for 22 and 23 year olds. Vladi, Acuna, Tatis, Juan Soto is still like 18, I think. Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> crazy what's going on. And we're <laughs> in such a good spot. It's awesome to see the young guys show out. Jack, I think the amazing thing too is, is it's not over. I mean, we're, we're seeing 18, 19, 20 year olds in the minor leagues that could possibly be better than all these guys too, which is awesome. Like we're going into a golden era of baseball right now, I think. And baseball is only going to get the talent level is the best it's ever been. It's only going to get better. Absolutely. Just baseball has partnered with hero as the best watch party app to invite your friends for an online stadium experience. Hero is a free app to use for co-watching video services like Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Disney+, Hulu, and TV channels like ESPN, Fox, ABC, CBS, and so much more. You can create your own private or public party and watch from these video services while you talk, laugh, and cheer together on voice chat as well as text chat. It'll feel like you're on the couch watching a ball game with your friends or at the stadium in the crowd. To start watching together, head over to JustBaseball.com slash Hero, spelled H-E-A-R-O, to learn more and download the app on your phone or computer. Arm and myself were in Omaha for the College World Series, and we broadcasted three live shows on Hero covering some of those games. It was so much fun commentating and answering questions from our listeners as the games played in the Hero app. Now we don't have to dwell on this for too long, but there are some disappointments. Let's start with disappointing teams. Pete, why don't you go first? Now I go reverse order on my screen. I think we all know my disappointment. (laughs) Teams. Like, oh my God, the Yankees suck. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) I'm just looking at their stats right now. 21st in runs scored. And like the pitching has been fine. They're 10th in ERA, but I think this they're just lying to me because I watched them pitch and they're not any good. James Tyon is not even good. Domingo Herman gives up home runs every single start. Corey Kluber's injured in his past eight starts. Uh, Garrett Cole's at like a four, five, seven. This team just isn't good. They're totally right-handed dominant. And I was at the, I was at the forefront of the Yankees are going to be really good this year. Now I just look like an idiot because they just disappoint me every single game. And they won the past two games against the Mariners, crushed them in the first game. Then they beat them five, four in the next game. And like Chad Green and Luizaga shut the door. I'm like, that's fine. But and I do not want Yankee fans to now start thinking that we should buy because we had a little stretch against the Mariners who we've won 10 straight road series against that we now think we should buy. No, what we should do is we should trade Chapman, you know, send him away. Maybe get another Glaber who's hitting 240 right now. That's great. Thanks, Glaber. And then and then what you do is you trade Britain away because like we're developing relievers. We don't need him anymore. And then I love Voight. Voight's good, but like we don't need another big righty. I... The Yankees are my disappointment. <laughs> Fair enough, Pete. Fair enough. What, like we've talked about, the biggest thing for them is having Stan at DH all the time, which is. But he's not even the problem. He's hitting 270. He's doing it's like awesome. The first time him and Judge are finally healthy and they awesome. suck. Like, yeah. God. I did see, to play devil's advocate on Tyon, I did see a tweet that, that showed that when he uses his curveball or his slider, 
like more than 30% of the time in starts, his ERA is like under three. So, you know, it, it comes down to me. I'm a pitching usage guy. So like, yeah, I think he, he, he could improve. Then why aren't they telling him that? Cause he's got like a nine ERA away from home. Well, and it wasn't, he's up like wasn't it seven Yankees runs every start away from Yankee that Stadium. kept a guy down because the analytics department told them to. Yeah. Oh God. That was yeah. Tough. Total. Not good. Colby, who you got? Uh, I have the Phillies. I have the Phillies. Uh, I, I really think the NL East overall could be the answer. I mean, the Braves, the Phillies, um, you know, the Mets are the, the front runner now and don't really have anyone behind them to come and take the lead away from them. But the Phillies are it. I mean, Alec Bohm has not been good. Um, Wheeler has been – Wheeler and Harper have been the only bright spots for them. Gene Skura has been good. Um, but they've been overall pretty disappointing, and the bullpen just can't – Hold it together. Aaron Nola, you wouldn't even know it has a four or five ERA. He's one of my favorite pitchers. Um, so yeah, I think it's the Phillies. It's, Defense it's is bad with them too. Phillies fans. Defense is so bad in Philly. Yeah. And, Reyes. Yeah. And to piggyback what you mentioned about the NL East, my biggest disappointment team is the Braves. And there's a couple reasons for it. Look, Atlanta fans have been going through it the past couple yeah. bunch of years. They, I'm so happy that they have the Hawks and the Trey Young sensation going on there. But in general, they blow every lead. The, the Falcons, they, they blew such <laughs> a lead that, like, I was upset. Again, to my Boston hatred, I was in my, like – feelings that night i was so mad you could have healed america <laughs> atlanta you could have healed america if you beat the past that year but the braves what makes me upset too is you had all these people were saying that the fan graphs projections they're only going to win 81 games and it was like why it's the same roster and then they add charlie morton and instead they're having the year from hell you have marcelo zuna we don't have to get into that stuff necessarily but uh you know get out of here that happens yeah. and then we have a bunch of play freddie freeman doing fine but he needs to be better and then you have uh max freed has taken a step back you have mike soroka who suffered oh, a god that um, sucks. A, a, sucks yeah like it's just the sucks. year from hell for atlanta i feel for the fans but if you're an atlanta fan right now just just hold on to the trey young thing at least at least you have that god those poor fans but yeah Atlanta's i really hate the tomahawk chop really hate it me too come on sports, grow yeah. up everybody Interesting. Okay. Do you like it in Tallahassee for Florida state football or no? Um, no, I'm not a big Florida state guy. I mean, we're three of us are Syracuse guys. So now I Florida state can suck it. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Leonard Hamilton's my favorite coach in college basketball. I love Leonard Hamilton. So you go to Syracuse. What? I mean, Bayheim I'm out on. Um, (laughs) that's funny. Um, I like all your guys' selections. I think I'm kind of following a similar trend. Um, You know, Atlanta with the injuries, I think I'm actually following a close trend to Pete with the Yankees. Minnesota has been my disappointment of the year. Yeah, they suck. Oh, my God, they suck. And, like, (laughs) they're going to be fine in two years because five through nine in that order, like, are actually, like, Trevor Larnick, Nick Gordon, Alex Kirilov. Like, those are kind of interesting pieces. Ben Rortbert is a kind of interesting piece. But, like... They were supposed to be the team with a bunch of 30-somethings that hit a million homers this year like they did in 2018, 2019. I think it was 2019. Uh, But Minnesota, like, it's not necessarily the injury bug that's biting them a little bit. It's really just like they're not hitting home runs, so they're losing a lot of games. And that kind of shows you that you need a little bit more than just hitting a bunch of home runs. So that's that. Also, Maeda has been terrible, weirdly. And Colby, you were all over Maeda. <laughs> and, that you know, that might be one of the worst takes I've had all year. Yeah, you just I can't command. You, you got can't caught. command anything. <laughs> Colby got caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, put that everywhere. I, I'll all own up to any bad takes for sure. 100%. That's, that's what we do here. All right. Those teams suck. Now, which players suck? Let's start with you, Javi. <laughs> Oh, man. Look, part of me wants to be a jackass. All right. Because and and, and the reason I say that is because I was tempted to say George Springer. And here's why I know he's hurt. So it's technically like he's not actually going to be the guy. I wanted to say that because as someone who is gets way too annoyed by teams that just don't try. And then the teams that do try and they hand out that contract to then have that guy not even play this year. Like that just makes me so frustrated. It's like the big I'm telling you, the sports gods. They just let whatever they want happen in baseball. They do not monitor or at that at all. You're letting Boston be good. You're letting Tampa still be good. Like I, we could go down that route forever, but it's not George Springer. 
I actually still don't want to go Padres homer on this one because I feel like someone's going to go there anyway. Instead, my second favorite player in baseball. Everyone check out the Just Baseball's uh, staff picks for their top five favorite players right now. Believe me, we got to do one for all-time favorite players, but it's Francisco Lindor. I love the man. Now, I will say he is not disappointed from the entertainment perspective. The raccoon incident is one of my favorite things that's happened in baseball in the last five years. The two clearly slugged it out, at least for a couple seconds. And honestly, (laughs) I think clearly Lindor won that fight. But what (laughs) happened is Lindor, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he bats 270, 340 on base. That's not worth all that money. Well, yeah, maybe it is. That's actually pretty damn good. He's also young and he's like one of the best gloves in the game. And most importantly, And most importantly, he's Puerto Rican. And everybody knows I talk about Puerto Rican power. Now you're just baseball listeners know that. I am Puerto Rican too. I love the man, one of my favorite players uh, in the game in a while. And here he's slashing like, what, 180 right now? So it's really uh, sad because he's one of my favorite players, uh, basically, in all of baseball. My my girlfriend's Puerto Rican as well. So like being a big Cubs fan with her family being from Puerto Rico, her mom is from Puerto Rico. So um, they're huge Javi Baez fans. So, you know, it's Love Lindor and the Javi Baez disappointment train that has just been <laughs> the bias, especially that it's just been ruining my girlfriend's household and been ruining the, uh, the morale of the Cubs. So that's that. But my, Peter, what my only thinking? yeah, my only thing about Lindor is I agree with you. He's not been he just hasn't been that good so far. But and I know Colby, I think, will back me up on this. The batted ball data is still pretty strong with him, like the hard hit rates and all those kind of things. So he's probably yeah. and he, I if I remember correctly, and I think I am, he's a notorious slow starter. So I think he'll pick it back up in the second mm-hmm. half. And I think you'll still see the same Lindor. Like, I feel like July and August is going to be like the coming out party for Lindor. I feel like he's mm-hmm. already starting to build that momentum. But my guy and like, this is so emotional for me because like Anthony Rendon is one of my favorite players. I think he, when he's right, is one of the absolute best hitters in baseball. I mean, he's on the Nationals. Like, he was just so goddamn good. And then this year, like, you look at his baseball savant. It's blue across the board. He's hitting 240. And he's not walking like he normally would. He's got, like, the lowest walk rate in a while. He's got the highest K rate in a while. And then you look at his spray chart, pulling everything. He's only got a couple home runs, and they're all in that little short porch down the line in left field. It's just not the same Anthony Rendon that we've come to love but I just, it's just so hilarious what the angels do. They just sign guys to <laughs> nine year contracts. Then they'd go there like pool holes made one all-star team in 10 years. Uh, Trout's, I mean, Trout's Trout. He, that's a great signing. Never going to diss that, but he's hurt right now. And then the Jay Upton signing, like, you know, how good is You're he? You're totally forgetting Josh Rendon Hamilton right now. Like, yeah. And then we'll go for pitching. I just think the Rendon thing is like, I was expecting him to launch for the angels. And I just should have known that he wasn't because the angels just seems kind of like that hellhole that just attracts that we'll give you $30 million. If you promise you're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Josh Hamilton's exhibit a with that Josh Hamilton, another one. God, like just angels, just the family and fun over there. Just the second best team in LA for forever. Oh. It is strange with Rendon. I mean, you would think that, Maybe he's hurt, but if he's hurt, then why is he something. out there every game? It makes well, now he's sense. hurt. Now he's actually on the IL. Is he actually? Okay. Yeah, I now mean, he's on the IL. I think he's been dealing with things. I Maybe yeah. someone's going to mention Yelich in this similar kind of thing. But I think, like, I was talking to Dustin Demeter, too, and he was saying that the thing with Yelich is that Yelich used to just sit in that back hip and just crush balls. And he was even saying that, we should have known that Yelich was going to get kind of hurt because it's like impossible for the human body just to sit in that mm. hip like that. And he's probably dealing with back stuff. He's just so torky. Yeah. Torky. Is that That's a, a word? Point. Torky a word? Yeah. Yeah. It is now. <laughs> but I think those two guys, those two guys came to mind because they're just so elite and they're just playing like below average regulars right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's a problem that judge has dealt with too. Cause he's always getting these oblique injuries and yeah. And things. Just I mean, it's tough. Hips. It's tough when you swing a bat so hard. I mean, even in golf, we've seen it with Tiger Woods, right? His back got thrown out. A bunch of guys in golf get their backs thrown out because they swing so hard. So absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll move into mine if we want. Um, yeah. So mine is a guy that I've been frustrated with for many years, but actually had a breakout 2020. Um, it's Eric Hosmer. 
So Eric Hosmer in 2020 what? lowered his ground ball oh, rate. just said they're all sad. <laughs> he lowered his ground ball rate for this. from 56% in 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, all the way down to 46%. And his WOBA went all the way up to 360 last year. This season, I, last season, I was like, wow, Hosmer finally did it. He stopped hitting ground balls. We can finally yell, like, we can rejoice that he's not hitting ground balls. Um, but this year, he's back. He's back. He's hitting 58% ground balls, which is one of the highest of his career. And his Woba, you guessed it, down to 301 currently. So it's like, Hosmer, what are we doing, man? You learned, yeah. you should have learned that when you don't hit ground balls, you hit well. And so, yeah, Hosmer's disappointing from one because he's not getting the results. But two, man, you you had the results. Do it. Hosmer infuriates me. He makes me want to he makes me want to kill him, man. I mean, I just watch him play and it's I mean, I we joke, we have our group chat and we joke every now and then that he looks happy or not happy, but he's like, ah, ah dang, I'll get it next time. It's I like, know no, yeah, just, just stop, just stop. <laughs> and and you know what the thing that's so frustrating about Eric Hosmer, right? Is that I mean, I mentioned this on my podcast, Lockdown Padres, everyone should go listen, that, <laughs> you know, I feel like, especially because people would get on me whenever I had mentioned certain guys and like Hosmer, but we love him. He's likable and all stuff. It's like, okay, I'm not saying he's like a bad guy. I don't know the man, but why are you acting like this guy's Johnny Carson, like the most exciting guy ever? Like, regardless of his playing ability, he's not that fun of a guy. So it always drove me insane, all these weird excuses and I could go into like a whole diatribe about how there's some media bias there and guys don't want to just call him out for whatever reason that we don't have to get into. But uh, thankfully they're calling him out now. And thank you, Colby, for bringing him up. I 100% endorse it. I'm not even sad about it. I just endorse the message. Thank I've you always much. thought he was overrated. Just always. He always kinda, has been. I mean, with the Royals, I think he's always pe- been overrated. People were like with the Royals that he's going to be that next great hope. And then he was just kind of like, okay. And then he goes to the Padres. They give him a boatload of money. And then all he does is ground out into double plays and he gets a couple base hits, base hits up the middle. And he's so happy to be here. And it's awesome. Yeah. Good for you, Hosmer. But like, get the ball in the air, dude. And you have power. Like, get the ball in the air. You could hit for a bunch of doubles and hit for home runs, but he just doesn't. Didn't, um, didn't that contract that he signed with San Diego, like at, at the time of signing, it felt really weird. It was like, it did. It's, it's like well, how did he deserve that? Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. time it was roasted. Cause it's what? Seven years to 10 or what? what is it? It's like, what sure is a lot. Got, it's a no lot comment. of money. Yeah. No comment. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> that part. Will make and that's me like sad. the one bad move by Preller, but it's, it's mm-hmm. like Preller's so good. It's like, I mean, it's a bad move, but like, at least, I mean, the Yankees just signed Garrett yeah. Cole in nine years. You so also have to wonder how much ownership, has you know pull in this scenario like that they were ready to spend money so it's like hey get this guy we, we need him so i wonder the, if that's leader. Ownership. <laughs> give me a break um you know i've got i've got a couple of thoughts here one's about to hit you know his his contract offseason javi baez like he's the one that jumps out to me the most i mean this guy cannot stop striking out although people are super excited because he's hit three bombs in the last you know five games but like two of them came in the same game like anybody can run into a multi-homer day um i'm gonna go with a pitcher on a team that i was really excited for because i thought they still had a shot in their division and that just hasn't been the case whatsoever I wish Pat Corbin was a lot better. Yeah. I really been. wish Pat Corbin mm-hmm. was a lot better. And talk about another guy that signed an absolutely massive deal in what, 2019? Going into the 2019 season, it was six years, 140. You were like, okay, this is going to work. And, you know, right before he signed that deal, he was top five in Cy Young voting. He had an ERA plus at 133. After that, 135. 2020, he had an ERA plus at 92, and he allowed the most hits in baseball. And then now his ERA plus is at 70. His flat out ERA is at 5.4 and he's allowed a hundred hits in 93 innings. Like he cannot stay away from barrels. It's kind of crazy to me to see that because like he's got good stuff and he's young. Like he should be in the window of peak performance and that it feels like that window is gone. It would be another thing if I felt like this was a down year for Pat Corbin, but like it really just feels like his best years are behind him, which is bizarre. Yeah, definitely, Jack. I'm looking right now because I'm wondering if his velo is down this year too. He seems like one of those guys that struggled with with velo being down, and and when he was at his top at, in Arizona, his velo was probably up by 93, 94. Now it's down to 90, 91. He just isn't as effective there anymore. Yeah, and Jack, what you're saying about his stuff, like I was just watching his last outing yesterday, like the stuff doesn't look good. No, it I looks mean he average. pitched decently well against the Padres, I guess, like not really. 
And it's just, it's been a, just a bad show all year. And uh, we were debating also um, just another guy we want to throw in there for you, Javi. I mean, I've been on the Blake Snell train and he's just been. So Blake Snell was my second one. Blake yeah, Snell, he's just again, I mentioned this. I alluded to this a little bit with the George Springer thing where it's like, I, I swear the the sports gods are just not policing and rewarding karma <laughs> to people in baseball. You have the Padres who are like, uh, yeah, we're not going to be small market anymore. Blake Snell, come over here. Instead, a guy who like you can make the argument that his best years were behind him, but I don't want to hear a word from anybody that was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be one of the worst pitchers in baseball like that. That I won't go that way. You no, can yeah. say he's going to be a you can even give me Tyone. You can even give me a. I don't know. Who's that? Who's that one guy in Arizona? Not, maybe like a gallon. I don't know. But Zach Gallon, I think will be fine. But you could give me like, all right, he'll be like a, 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 a B minus a C plus. You could give me that. OK, fine. But you're telling me he's an F tier pitcher now. That just drives me insane. That's when all the the retroactive takes start to come in. And I hate when people do that. Right. I, I hate it, too. And like Snell, you know, you thought that Snell was going to come in and be the one. And like, if they needed a wild yeah. card starter, he was going to be the wild card starter. Mm-hmm. And now it's like so very clearly you, Darvish, and like maybe you piggyback off of him with Lamette, or maybe you I think Musgrove off of is unfreaking believable. Right. Musgrove for sure. Yeah. Musgrove is one of the surprises of the year. I love yeah. watching Joe Musgrove. And but I feel like everyone knew he was going to break out, even though like for no Every reason. Team, but everyone's like, yeah, Musgrove's going to be great for the Padres, even though he was not that great for the Pirates. Remember how many people were after him at the deadline? last year yeah so, so that everyone was, that was my knew. entire basis for why i, I thought they just he was know that pittsburgh year. just doesn't know what they're doing it seems yeah. like it, maybe they do maybe <laughs> i'm wrong but it's just like i feel like people just get grabbed out of there and then just become elite tyler glass now exhibit yeah. a i think what i was talking Very about cool. earlier with franchises cool. going Shut through up. a transition period and it takes usually <laughs> about five years maybe more sometimes less but that's what the pirates are going through right now um you know four or five even three years ago they were making bad decisions i think those decisions are starting to change and it's, and it's, you know, the city of Pittsburgh might get back to some glory soon, but um, yeah. Pittsburgh Harris. <laughs> Najee Harris. Yeah. Brian Hayes is fucking awesome. Yeah. He is. Yeah. But yeah. You guys want to dive into Shohei? So yeah, bad. Of course. Well, I always, uh, I always want to. Let's Colby, can you just, can you just go <laughs> off? I just want to hear you talk. Colby floor is yours, man. Cool. Yeah. So I had the privilege and honor of writing an awesome piece uh, today that just got released on justbaseball.com. Go check it out. Um, I dove into Shohei Otani's pitch pitch usage. Um, So we all know Otani is one of the best hitters in the league. He has what a 175 WRC plus. He's just, he's amazing as an offensive player. And then on the mound, he's easily an above average pitcher. I think he has a three, four ERA. Um, he strikes out maybe 32% of batters. His thing, Otani's problem is that he walks a lot of batters. He'll have stretches where he walks four guys in a row and you're like, oh my God, like, did you, did you just forget how to pitch all of a sudden? Um, but another thing with Otani that I dove into in the article is his pitch usage. So this year he added a cutter to his repertoire. Um, he didn't have a cutter in 2018, 2019, and then he got hurt, obviously didn't pitch last year, was dealing with injuries came back with a cutter that um, basically plays off of his slider and is forcing fastball. It's about 89 miles an hour. Um, you know, it doesn't have too much horizontal break, only about four inches. So it's pretty straight. And I wrote about how it's not that good. He, he throws it about 10% of the time, maybe actually more than that. Now uh, watch the, his start against the Red Sox and he threw it as a, as his second, um, he threw it second most behind his forcing fastball and he fared well with it, but Xander Bogarts actually lifted a ball um, into the right center gap that Juan Lagares made an amazing, you know, game-saving play to, to save a home run. So the numbers are a little skewed there. Um, so I wrote about that. I also wrote about how he only uses his splitter 18.5% of the time. Um, and that's probably one of the best pitches in baseball. Batters are hitting 080 against yeah, it. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, they have six hits and 196 <laughs> opportunities. Six. <laughs> Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is I don't think he's given up an extra base hit off of it. Maybe one or two, but like it, you can't, you can't give up a home run off the pitch. Um, And so I dove into it and I'm looking and he throws his slider a lot to right-handed batters um, when he's ahead in the count. Seven hits on that pitch. But against right-handed hitters, he throws, it has even better numbers against right-handed hitters. The splitter does than against left-handed hitters. So 
I would like to see Otani, you know, maybe move up to 25, 30% with the splitter, like Gosman. Gosman's the perfect example, right? He throws 50% four seams, 40% uh, splitters, and then, you know, whatever else. He has a slider and a cutter. It's not that good. Um, and Otani obviously has a good slider, so I think he should keep that around. But just keep that off to the side as like a third pitch to mix in every once in a while. Throw your best pitch, man. You never know what will happen. Hold on, Kobe. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you real quick. Do you want to, uh, do you want to keep telling the best baseball player ever how to do his job or, or do you want to, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely like things to say about, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but I think in baseball and sports in training in general, um, if you can get better, why not get better? It's the same thing with Hosmer. It's like, you're an MLB player. That's awesome. You're getting paid a lot of money, but why wouldn't you want to get better at your craft. Um, So Otani could turn from, you know, one of the best hitters and also one of the best pitchers if he, you know, in my opinion, if he makes some simple adjustments. Yeah. My thing is like, he is this, he's a top five power bat in baseball, right? He's he's a top 20 runner in baseball. Which is the most nuts thing about it. He's like faster than everybody. And based on the stuff and the results so far this year, you could argue that he's a top 20, top 25 starting pitcher in baseball. So Do you think he's better than Darvish? No, no. I'd take Darvish. I agree. It's, cl- it's close, though. That's that's a good baseline. But if you, Darvish, hit 32 bombs, I would like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Darvish at 32? Like, that's like, it's, it's still crazy that I don't think I'm fully grasping it because, like, I could never grasp you, Darvish, hitting 32 home runs. I just can't. And yet Shohei is literally doing it literally doing it you know who would you compare him to because we were talking colby we were talking that slider is the second most unhittable pitch in baseball per swing and miss metrics only behind jacob Degrom's slider so like his splitter you could argue is better than casey mize's splitter which is an eight million dollar pitch like he was signed one one because of his splitter and 94 otani's 101 and that splitter that's better than casey mize's so like stuff alone I'm trying to think like I would rather have Darvish. I'm trying to think of somebody that's on an even plane where if you showed me Shohei Otani, the pitcher exclusive and this guy, they are the same. They would be valued the same in my mind right now. The only comparison I can give Otani is he's a video game character. He's your my player that you create and MLB the show and you go, okay, I'm going to hit, I'm going to pitch. I have the best curveball, fastball, whatever it may be. And like, that's that's Otani. It's crazy. He he's at the in the top ten percentile of almost everything that he does on the baseball field, right? He sprints at you know a top five percentile. He's his sprint speed's like twenty nine point five feet per second. It's just amazing. It's freaking amazing, Javi. Just we haven't I heard mean, from you about Otani. I mean, we even had that moment when he played in the outfield. I think early on in the year, right? When he was playing, I don't think he does it like routinely, obviously, but I think he was there at one point and it's like, just seeing that is insane. Like, I I'm, I don't know if he like made a good play or anything, but that's ridiculous. And also he's very memeable as a chief meme <laughs> officer. He's got all the funny pictures when he's had the, he stole a base and the stolen base ended up leading to the walk-off win that they had on last Friday, I think it was. And then he, when he scores at home plate, which it's a you know nail biter uh, game, and it's a split second finish at the end. And then he lands on his back and has his hand, like hands up in the air, like he's Rocky Balboa and just won the title. It was, it was just something to behold. Shohei Otani is. Here's what I will say, and it's not even a negative about him, but I do get sad sometimes thinking about what would this guy have been like when the when baseball was really at the peak of its powers. I think this guy becomes the athlete we're all talking about. I think he gets talked about more than say Griffey was being talked about. If this guy was doing what he was doing in like the eighties, when we were really all as a culture more obsessed, you know, you have the Maguire Sosa home run race. I think everyone's losing their minds. I think everyone's still losing their minds and we don't have to make this the episode. If you guys want to have me back, unless I've, you know, all the the listeners, you know, just are like, Oh, enough of this guy. You know, (laughs) they've had too much. You know, I would love to talk about baseball media and how I, I think that that is a big issue. Sometimes, uh, the people that are talking about the sport without naming names, of course, I'm not trying to, you know, throw shots out there, but you know, Otani is just this one of a kind unicorn. And I know that there's, there really aren't enough words to describe him anymore. I've run out. 
my vernacular is limited anyway, but even still, I just can't think of another word for the guy. And it's just, he's everything combined. I think that it's him, my boy Tatis and Jacob deGrom. I think that forget the issues with baseball as a whole. The issue with baseball certainly is not the talent right now. All all. three of those guys and more are just appointment viewing. Everyone you talk to, my dad is texting me. My dad only knows about the Yankees and he's like, he does both. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a simple message like that that really kind of describes uh what Shohei Otani is and Colby did a great job of kind of breaking down that he can be even better are you kidding me are you kidding me oh my god and I can't I believe would, it man hey two names is a Chicago and I want to throw out where I would rather have Shohei Otani the pitcher exclusive than these guys and they are the two quote-unquote aces right now and you know, there are two all-stars in the White Sox rotation that aren't necessarily the aces, right? You're still relying on Lucas Giolito. I'd rather have Shohei the pitcher than Giolito right now, I think. I'd oh, yeah. also rather have Shohei the pitcher than Kyle Hendricks right now, who is oh, yeah. on, a, on a streak of wins, as, as crazy as that is. And I love Kyle Hendricks. I love Giolito. I love both those guys. But, like, Shohei Otani is that top-flight ace-level pitcher. He's an, mm-hmm. ace, he's an ace of a Major League Baseball team. Like, so- I'm in I'm in Denver right now, and uh, we're going to go to the All-Star Game festivities and watch him in the Home Run Derby and, of course, in the All-Star Game. This is what I want from Otani and what I think nice he can flex. actually deliver. This is what I think he can deliver. I think he's going to – I don't – you know, I think, but I want this to happen. Win the Home Run Derby, hit a 550-foot home run, then you go to the All-Star Game, two scoreless, six Ks, immaculate inning. Hit a bomb, also win the MVP. Yeah. Then after the game, he writes a story on himself – puts it in the New York post or wherever you put it. And then he does a podcast afterwards talking about how good he is, because I think he could move along (laughs) all of these different routes and be like, I think Jack, if he came and did a podcast, he would blow us out of the water. And then I think as a writer, he'd write beautifully. And then in a post-game press conference, he's speaking two different languages beautifully. Maybe he's a poet. You never know. You never know. Probably in his off time. He's probably painting by Picasso. Just he goes the full self-aggrandizing route. Everything. He just becomes like the, uh, or I was going to say a media person that I don't like, but let me let me not do that. But he just becomes the ultimate guy. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm the best. Like, what do, what do you want? Like, go ahead. They should he make just, commercials about him. Remember yes, the Bo Knows commercials? Was, they should make commercials about to say like that. him doing all these different things. I think that's Where's hilarious. the Otani commercial? You know, yeah, where is the Otani? Yeah, where where is it? Where is it? Because, and I, I hate when this happens in baseball. Sometimes you've got plenty, you've got some good tattoos ones out there, obviously cover of uh, MLB, the show, but you would think by now that someone's like, all right, get this guy with any, anybody you could, it could be the, the old spice. I would love to see a comeback for weird old spice commercials. <laughs> and to a degree, he's kind of weird. So let's have Otani and old spice commercials. You doing everything. That's so hilarious. <laughs> out of all of it, you pick old spice. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, that's perfect because he's so beautifully weird and he's so funny yeah. and his facial expressions are awesome. I do want to share a quick anecdote about home run number 32, which, uh, either tied or passed up Hideki Matsui for most home runs in a year by a Japanese-born player, it's and we high. haven't hit the all-star break. Dude. Um, but home run number 32 came at the end of a three-pitch sequence where Shohei fouled a ball off his front foot, took 10 seconds to hobble around the batter's box, get back in. The second pitch, he fouled it off of his back, surgically repaired knee. He screamed. He walked around for 20 seconds. He stretched it out. And then he hit a ball 115 miles an hour. So instead of sprinting over to first base, he decided to jog 360 feet and get that foot and that knee feeling right. Like hitters. So Shohei's probably not a real like 100% human being. Like he's got to have a little bit of something else going on Mm -hmm. there. But, like, human beings should not suffer two very hard owies that would, like, knock us mere mortals out of a baseball game and then hit a ball 115 miles an hour to right field. Like, that should never happen, but it's happening with him. And um, I I posted a TikTok a couple of weeks ago just because um, it was was after that Tatis three-homer night, Javi. Um, when he said he wasn't participating in the Derby. And I, I just said, <laughs> appreciate I'm doing greatness. it now. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just said, appreciate greatness in real time. Because like with Tatis, with Acuna, with Vladdy, like they're doing things that have like never been done before by somebody that young. And then, by the way, 
you've got Shohei Otani, who's literally going to go down as the most talented baseball player ever. Like take what Pat Mahomes is doing in football and crank it up a million times. And that's what Shohei's doing. And it's so cool. I think we have such a unique opportunity right now. MLB does at least is to grow the game internationally. We have a guy from Japan that's maybe the best player in baseball, could grow the game in Asia tremendously. And you have Fernando Tatis. I'm not sure who the the face of baseball is right now. It could be Tatis, it could be Otani. But you have Tatis that is going to grow the Latin crowd as well. And it's just, it's such a unique opportunity for baseball that we have such a global game. And I just Mm -hmm. hope that energy, you know, keeps up because baseball should only get more global. Like the and and I think that they're kind of at least trying, or at least the smart people in baseball are trying because it's just little things. So like, remember that change the game, uh, make it major commercial where they featured Tatis. They didn't feature Otani, which maybe I guess it made sense because we're also forgetting like he was hurt last year. We didn't talk oh, yeah. about that. Like, it's, it's not like he's been doing this every year. This is the final. Like, this is the big coming out party um, right. that he's kind of coming back doing both after the whole surgery and everything. You had Tatis in the commercial. You had Lindor. You had Tim Anderson with the bat flip. You had Kim Ang. I do think there is a thinking in baseball where they're like, we need to start like trying to market these guys more. And I imagine Otani is just going to be. The king person. On, I mean, there's a meme every time if anybody follows MLB home run, which is a Twitter account that just tweets out when someone hits a home run that every time Otani has one, there's like in a league full of juniors, uh, <laughs> give me a daddy or whatever. And it's like showing Otani posing. And like, I think baseball needs that. And I think that he's he's a great star for the sport. It is unfortunate, though, that uh, we don't know if the Angels are going to make the playoffs, which is just the greatest shame, arguably. Uh, ever like I, I would take the Falcons losing the pa- losing to the Pats like ten times uh, if you could just promise me that Otani would make the playoffs for. And to end it, we uh, I one of the funniest tweets I saw um, of the year. Um, Joey Otani was just in the dugout, like staring at a ball, just like <laughs> sitting on his arm, just like sitting there doing nothing, like blank face. And it's like the whole world is talking about how this dude's such a freak, and he's just. <laughs> I just laughed out loud because he's sitting there like a lip, like, but that is like a little kid. And like, I bet he plays the game like that. The one pitch at a time, you know, having fun out there, you see him smiling. Juan Ligaris robs that home run and you see, and that kind of saved Shohei Otani's outing and Shohei runs over to him, like gives him a high five, like was fired up. And he just, he plays the game right too. And he's, he's simply majestic. He's Otani. He's Otani. He's Otani. Uh, Javi, plug any social media account you got to plug. Oh, man, here we go. Uh, I mean, obviously, guys, you got to follow Just Baseball, which they'll tell you anyway. But uh, follow Lockdown Padres. Great account. Guys, Great got account. Some, you can you can see some of my memes on there every now and then. Uh, I just exposed the coward uh, who dared say that she would rather have Trey Turner. He, well, that's the thing. He couldn't even have the he didn't have the balls to say. Yeah. It. Uh, but you could follow that at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. And in my personal account, I, I tweet about baseball a lot because people like when I tweet about baseball for some reason. So I like to ramp up the engagement. That's at Hava Pena, recently verified J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Um, that was pretty awesome. Shout out Aram is the other just baseball guy. But we got to get everybody verified. That's That's got to be the new the new goal, I think, of, of just baseball. Um, and I tweet a bunch of, bunch of weird stuff on there. So check that out. And I do some writing every now and then, some freelance stuff for pop culture movie stuff. Cool. Colby, talk to me. Cool. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Colby underscore Olson three. I don't tweet too much. Um, you know, it comes and goes. My profile <laughs> bio is my MLB, my baseball stream of consciousness. Um, but I think you'll find a lot of my, my writing. I like to do in, in depth, more, you know, research oriented stuff. So you'll find that on justbaseball.com. but I'll sometimes throw out little blurbs and things on Twitter. So give it a fall. That's where I'll be posting all my articles and things. So yeah, definitely give me a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow, of course, on Instagram at Just Baseball Fans, on TikTok at Just Baseball Fans, and of course our Twitter at Just BB Media, ugh, at Just BB Media, <laughs> not Media, at Just BB Media. I'm of course at Peter Apple 23, where you can find me just being emotional and yelling at you for no reason about my picks and just how crazy I get. And of course, that's Jack underscore McMullen 11, who's much more sophisticated and he posts pictures of coffee and <laughs> yeah, he very does. nice and jack is so like the grown-up of the group <laughs> his twitter a, is so majestic i have a critique i think we need to get peter a good uh twitter bio it, it's it's not that it's bad we need something before i don't know what to put 
You got to put a I quote. I don't even know how to do Jack it. Jack has a quote from the, the movie that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in, I'm, yeah. I think. Uh, because literally my, my bio is <laughs> like, I post my picks, <laughs> thoughts about baseball and podcasts, and that's literally all I post. Dude, oh, I think you could use a different profile pic, too. You're looking a little too professional. <laughs> too professional. Yeah. And, like, I'm button, not. Take a so button like, down. Because, like, I haven't taken, like, just a picture of myself in, like, so long. Oh, I can relate. Mine is a picture of a bunny with boxing gloves, dude. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> Should I just post, yeah, like, a shirtless selfie on that? Yeah, really uh, you have a chest it. tattoo. Show that. That would be super cool. And you would pick up. Just make it the chest tattoo. Just be like, <laughs> I'm so <Hell> chill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colby, Javi, this was fun, man. Peter, I guess you guys will be back. Denver. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be back. You guys will be back, 100. Yeah, All right, thank guys. you, everybody. Oh, it's my birthday tomorrow, by the way. So. Oh, happy birthday, Colby. Yeah. All happy right, birthday. Woo! See you, world. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>